The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host. I'm your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to uh, find out what programming we have available for you, 24-7-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Dr. Alexandra Shoran, uh, who is in Port Moody, B.C., a beautiful part of Canada. And uh, she is a second-generation fortune teller, high priestess of, of the British traditional Wicca, and the Queen of a Coven. As a professional psychic intuitive for over a decade, she has served psychic apprentices and thousands of clients. She received a master's in teaching from the Seattle University and a doctorate from Valdosta State University and is a certified tarot reader. She can be found online at cpsychic.com, and that's S-E-E, psychic.com. And Dr. Alexandra, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you very much. What was the doctor that pointed you in the direction of the work you do these days? Well, you know, honestly, the work that I do these days was inspired when I was a child. And uh, my family was always full of curious scholars. Mm -hmm. And my mother is also an excellent fortune teller and really encouraged me and uh, taught me to pursue my dreams. All right. So uh, this is, uh, is, is your mother the last generation in your family that was involved in the paranormal or does it go tradition or does it go back generation after generation after generation? You know, unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of information about my family on both sides. I, I mean, my mother is certainly involved in fortune telling. Uh, on my dad's side, unfortunately, the Nazis killed a whole lot of folks over there um, where we came from, Poland and the Ukraine. They could have been gypsy in origin, mm -hmm. and so I've been working to recover some facts about that, but don't really have them. Over the years, uh, Doctor, have you seen a change in people when it comes to wanting to know more from the psychic realm and their interest in the paranormal? Oh, absolutely. I think that a lot of folks are way more open to it these days than when I was a kid, and certainly mm -hmm. from when my mother was a child. Uh, when my mother was a child, people were often told that their natural inherent psychic abilities were demonic or things like that. Uh, when I was a child, it was mostly laughed off as silly, but mm -hmm. of course I had a family who supported me and friends who supported me. And this, these days and age, there's folks who uh, call their kids indigo children, meaning that they're more psychically aware or awake than ordinary children, which, you know, I think that's debatable. Right. But I think it is a great idea to encourage that kind of exploration in our communities. So tell me, Doctor, where does fiction meet reality when it comes to magic spells and hoaxes? That's a really great question. I mean... First of all, to just back up, I think that 
everything unexplained today will be probably explained, maybe not in my generation, but further down the line through scientific means. So I absolutely believe their psychic powers, if you will, are a reality. And they will be fully explainable through science once we're able to properly measure these phenomenon. Um, that said, you know, there's definitely people who prey on the fictional side of things. And sure. there are hoaxes that exist today, especially when it comes to psychic readers that one pays money to get readings. Now, I'm not saying all of them are bad. In mm -hmm. fact, I am one. <laughs> but I am saying that one needs to take things with a grain of salt, especially if a psychic reader tells you that there's something wrong with your aura and they can right. clean it for a few hundred or that you've got a curse laid upon you and you need it removed for a certain large sum of money. What about these television shows that uh, show the different uh, psychics, the different mediums, and the sensationalistic approach that they take to to either reading or communicated with communicating with those who have passed? How do they affect a credible psychic like yourself? I think that, uh, you know, there, there's two sides of that coin. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, it certainly normalizes the idea of psychic work in the greater community. A lot of folks have only heard of famous psychics uh, that they've seen on TV, on talk shows and things like that. And so I think it's good, good exposure in that sense. However, a lot of them have been revealed to be frauds. And I think that there's a drive for psychics like myself to try to become uh, something that we're not. Sort of, uh, there's a push, a pressure to put on a show, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think that psychic work is not really well-suited often to a large audience. It's, it's more of a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's something that you can help somebody bring out their own intuitive abilities. So I think that there's, there's a lot of, of harm there, especially um, since it, it's kind of... It's, it suggests that only famous psychics are credible and valid. For example, the James Randi Challenge, which uh, challenges psychics to prove their psychic to win a million dollars. And then he boasts that nobody's ever really won that challenge. Well, the fact is you have to be pretty famous. I'm not famous enough, and I've written over a dozen published books. Right. So, uh, unfortunately, that I think that... Um, it encourages people to think psychics are something that they are not. So how does one go about in selecting a psychic that, that is good and just not one of these people who pay GoDaddy or Wix to come up with a website and then start bulking the public? Great question. I think that uh, you might do uh, you might look into a new psychic the, may, the way that you might look up a new mechanic, for example. You might ask that psychic what mm -hmm. sort of qualifications they have and ask for references. I think that that's really key. A psychic who makes you avoid references, who gets angry about it, or um, for example, I knew one hoax psychic, in my community who would give the same reading to every client. And so she told everyone, oh, it's bad luck to share your reading. You can't talk to anyone else about your reading because of course she was giving the same one to everyone. And if they sure. shared it, they would certainly find that out. So a true and reputable psychic will absolutely encourage you to talk to others, um, you know, and will have some references to give you for that effect. Exonation, my guest this hour is Dr. Alexandra, and, how, and I hope I'm pronouncing your family name right, Shoran? Sharon, it's Sharon. French, but good try. <laughs> All right. Geez, I should have known that. I'm from Montreal originally. <laughs> so, uh, and your website is cpsychic.com. Yep. In your opinion, doctor, what are the top three don'ts that a consumer going to a psychic should look for, the, the top red flags? Ooh, those are good ones. Um, like I said, uh, anything where they are really adverse to you sharing your reading or talking with other clients, if they say that's bad luck or bad juju in any way, definitely run. Um, the other thing is, like I said, there's two really famous hoaxes 
And that is one is they'll say, oh, your aura is just terribly dirty. And that's why you're driving off all of your lovers or your ex won't come back to you. So I can perform an aura cleansing Mm -hmm. for just $300. So (laughs) if if they try and sell you an add-on spell or service, that's definitely a red flag. And likewise, the hex or curse clause is a big one where they make a big show of gasping and saying, oh my goodness, I can tell that you have had a curse placed upon you and I can remove this curse. And it's kind of tricky too because some of these scam artists will begin with smaller amounts of money and then move on to larger and larger amounts. So so that can be a trick. Even if the curse removal is just a 20 bucks instead mm-hmm. of 300 still be wary because it means they'll say, oh, you know, I removed the first curse, but there's another one and it's $50. And then they'll just keep on milking you until you give up. It sounds like um, a psychic game of the price is right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, doctor, please stand by you and I have to take our first break. And explanation, if you would like to know more about Dr. Alexandra or even contact her for a one-on-one consultation, her website is cpsychic.com. Dot com. That's S-E-E-P-S-Y-C-H-I-C. And Dr. Alexandra is in Port Moody, British Columbia, another Canadian. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can always read the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments online at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Com and the latest stats for this edition. Are you ready for this explanation? Hold on, I've got to get my book here because it has the exact numbers in it. Okay, as of today, over 7,199 cities around the world have read or downloaded this edition of the X Chronicles newspaper that you can read at xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. 
Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Alexandra Sharon is our special guest this hour. Her website is www.cpsychic.com. That's S-E-E, psychic.com. Besides reading a horoscope by Dr. Alexandra, how can one integrate astrology into everyday life? Like, you know, you go onto the commuter trains first thing in the morning, and what you see are people just going right to the horoscope page to see how their day is going to turn out. And it's often baffled me how anyone could just write all of these 12 sun signs, I believe they're called, and have so many of the events that they have written about in the morning actually happen during the day. How do you guys do that? That's a, It's really fun, actually, to write horoscopes. And I'll tell you all about the secret right now. Basically, okay. uh, you, the planets are a really fun thing to learn about because they correspond with ancient Greek and Roman mythology. Now, if you remember way back to junior high or middle school, you might have taken a mythology class and yes. learned about some of the cast of characters, mm-hmm. you know, Zeus and Hera and all of those. Sure. Well, they correspond to each of the planets. So Zeus is actually Jupiter and, uh, you know, Kronos is Saturn. And so in those ways, you can sort of start to learn that there's these characters moving around in the sky. And as we say in the magical world, as above, so below. So the dance Mm -hmm. of the stars in the sky mirrors many things down on Earth. It's all patterns, the fractals that we see in a fern leaf. So um, the idea is that you learn about these cast of characters, and uh, then you have to figure out what the stage is that these characters are acting upon. And so the sun signs are often sort of a stage on which those characters are acting and they interact in very specific ways. Now, if you get yourself an astrology calendar, Mm -hmm. which you can purchase in any bookstore, and it looks like an ordinary calendar, if you were going to get really into astrology, you might buy an ephemeris, but any astrology calendar will do and it will tell you on every day of the year What's going on with the cast of characters in the sky? So, for example, um, let's say you've got Mars and Venus, and they are square to one another. Then you'll know that when they're square, that means there's kind of this hostile or negative interaction or blockage. You know that Venus, uh, she was the goddess of love. You know that Mars, he was the god of war. Mm -hmm. So you start to think how, oh my goodness, there might be a lot of love conflicts today. Might not be the best time to sneak up on my crush and give her a flower because she might get a little hostile towards me if I do that. It might, might be better done another day. So that's a great way that you can use that astrology. And astrology is also mirrored in palmistry as well. So that's another great way to use your astrology knowledge, but in a different con- context, because palmistry is all using those same mythological figures. Um, who is the, well, if we're here on planet Earth, is there somebody that that represents us from Greek mythology or the fact that we are planet Earth, that we are basically the center of the astrological uh, universe? Well, you know, that's a theological question there. And usually when I'm working with clients, you know, I work with clients who have all different belief systems. You know, I have Christian clients, many Hindu clients, Buddhist clients, atheist clients. And so I don't try to tell them where my sources are or what they are because I have my own belief system as well. So my Christian client might think that my Source is a gift from God, Mm -hmm. and meanwhile, I'm Wiccan, so I have a goddess and a god of my own, and I might be using those sources. But absolutely, the planet Earth in mythology is the goddess Gaia, 
So she is Mother Earth. She's one of the players on that stage, absolutely. People talk today more than ever about dreams. It seems that dreams are getting stronger, dreams are getting more profound and more prophetic. How do you explain that? Well, you know, I have this amazing idea actually about this and somebody out there is going to steal my idea and that's okay because I just want it to be done, which is I wish that we could make a website Mm -hmm. where everybody kind of entered their dreams on this website. And then as the dreams kind of have similar themes, the website software would aggregate those themes and present them as perhaps a text cloud that shows more more prevalent themes in larger letters. So for example, if everyone in New York was having dreams about a fire and then suddenly there was a fire in New York, Mm -hmm. then that would be possibly uh, an amazing way to see how our, the human condition is, is understanding our dreams. So anyway, that's a big aside. I'm not sure why dreams are becoming more prophetic, except that I think people are being more accepting of our dreams and are talking more about them on a wide scale, such as through the internet. There are many books out there for dream interpretation. And when you look at the, for example, what a horse means in a dream, you'll go to a lot of these books and there are different interpretations on what the horse means or what the cow means or what the running water means, what a bridge means. Once again, as I asked you when it comes to how do you how do you find the credible psychic like yourself? How does anyone know what dream book is for them? That's a really great question. You see, different cultures interpret things in different ways. For example, in China, Mm -hmm. the bat is a lucky symbol. And if it flies around your house, it's good luck. But in, you know, the ancient British traditions, uh, the bat was a symbol of bad luck. Flying three times around a house would mean death Death, in the family. So, yes, there are cultural differences. I would recommend people who are interested in analyzing that to read uh, the works of the psychologist Carl Jung. He wrote a book called Man and His Symbols, and that can help you uh, understand more. Now, as to your second question, how do you know which is right? Well, that's where you have to sort of build your own dream dictionary, right? So if a person in the same room of me, in the same culture as me, saw a bat in their dream, they might think it was bad luck because they're scared of it and they Mm -hmm. think of Halloween. But I have loved bats as my favorite animal since I was four years old. So if I saw a bat in a dream, it would be a good luck symbol. So what you do is you have to start writing down your dreams and journaling those dreams and circling all of the nouns or major symbols that you see when you're writing down your dreams. And as you do so, you kind of have to ponder, what does that mean to me? What are my historical experiences with this symbol? And do a little bit of journaling about that. And over time, you'll start to build your own dream dictionary, and that will be the right one. It would seem as if symbology and symbols are a great part of our life that not very many people actually take into account or even even look at the different symbols that they're faced with each and every day. Absolutely. And I think that people who work as psychics or Mm -hmm. who um, are psychics in their personal life are not born any more special. They just are trained to look for those symbols and to act upon them when they see them. Let me ask you, a lot of people believe that communication with those who have passed, especially their, their beloved ones, communicate or try to establish a communication with those on this side through the dream world. What is your opinion of that, Doctor? I definitely believe in that. In fact, um, I do spirit communications through many different ways because Mm -hmm. it's part of my cultural understanding of the world. But there's some people who would love to connect with a loved one who has died, but they don't know how to get started. Perhaps they already experience, you know, smelling that person's perfume right. or, you know, seeing a feather floating down mm-hmm. and they think, oh, that's a message from the angels that my loved one is with me, but they want more. And I encourage those people to ask their loved one to appear to them in a dream while they're falling asleep and then write down anything they experience in those dreams when they wake up. And that's because a lot of the time, people are scared of spirits and ghosts, right? 
And I, I think that our loved ones who have passed are mm-hmm. definitely sensitive to that. They don't want to freak you out and send you to the loony bin, right? <laughs> and dreams are a great way because we're already experiencing dreams as this wild other world. Sure. So dreams are a great way to feel safe while receiving those messages. You mentioned angels. Uh, once again, it seems that a lot more people these days are opening up the to the concept and their belief that angels are real. Is this oh, yes. is, is this a cultural thing that you're seeing, or is this just a a cycle that that is maintained when it comes to the paranormal? I think it's definitely a cycle that's maintained in the paranormal. It's not necessarily a cultural shift because. As we can see historically, there were times when angels were mm-hmm. even more relied upon, and likewise fairies and other beings like that. Right. They've popped up in all cultures uh, universally, very similar beings. And so I think that um, nowadays, you know, people are just more able to access those things in different ways. So for some, um, fairies and angels might just be a psychological archetype that they enjoy turning to. They might hold, they might hang a guardian angel token from their rearview mirror. Sure. Well, as other people might get very, very much into angels and might perform ceremonial magic rituals to invoke them. So I think that it's just more acceptable. And of course, there's more information freely given. Doctor, please stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Explanation, Dr. Alexandra Sharon is our special guest. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Find out about all the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like Exxone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. 
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. And welcome back, everyone. Dr. Alexandra Sharon Sharon is our special guest. Uh, She is in Port Moody, British Columbia. And if you'd like to contact Dr. Sharon for a one-on-one consultation or visit her great website, www.cpsychic.com, and that's S-E-E, psychic.com. Why do you think, even in today's society, doctor, here we are, the year 2018, that people are still afraid of ghosts and they're very apprehensible when it comes to death? It's, it's amazing. It's a strange thing that's happened in our Western culture. Of course, there are other cultures in our world today in modern society that have a more healthy, I would say, mm-hmm. understanding of death. And there's certainly in our Western culture a death-positive movement growing. There's an author named Caitlin Doty who writes books and does an Ask a Mortician YouTube show who <laughs> tries to bring the mystery of death out into the open. I think that at some point we tried to create more of a barrier between life and death. So we had specific uh, people who take care of our dead instead of us taking care of our dead loved ones in our own home. And so after a while, people didn't see dead bodies. And so that brings another layer and level of mystery over the whole thing. And certainly people stopped thinking that they could talk to ghosts in everyday life, which is why I think people start to fear things like the Ouija board so right. much because they, they think it's somehow dangerous to communicate with ghosts. Well, tell me, as a professional, is there any truth to the rumors that Ouija boards are a porthole into negativity? Well, um, I'd say that with every myth, you know, there's a little nugget of truth. Mm -hmm. And I think that the nugget of truth here is that, uh, you know, if you communicate with any entity that you don't know its origins or you don't know its intentions, then certainly there could be danger there for you, especially if you're asking it to tell you the truth about something and it doesn't, or if you're asking it to instruct you on some matter. But on the other hand, I will say that there is natural ghost fauna, if you will, everywhere. You know, most of us are now living on ground that has more dead people have been on it than living people, right? <laughs> so there's plenty of ghosts roaming around, possibly attempting to communicate with you in many different ways. And to plug your ears and say, la, 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 I can't hear it without a Ouija board is right. just silly. What is your take on all these ghost hunter shows that are on TV? Well, similarly to the psychic mm-hmm. shows, I think that there's good side and bad side to them. I mean, the good side is that it is bringing these these topics out in the open, allowing people to talk about them and getting people interested in connecting with ghosts, kind of showing people that, oh, here's some people who went into a really haunted place right. and gosh, their heads weren't cut off, right? So maybe <laughs> I can talk to that ghost that lives in that house over there, right? <laughs> but on the other hand, I also think that it does, uh, like with the psychics, kind of give a certain celebrity to the ordinary people on those shows and makes it seem like um, that's an impossibly great thing to become, you know, like maybe you have to be special to be a ghost hunter. As a, as a professional psychic, have you seen the type of questions that people are seeking answers to change over the years? 
Oh, that's a nice question there. Uh, I think that um, there's some that change a little bit, but there's some that don't change. <laughs> so I think that people will always be asking divination tools or ghosts or what mm -hmm. have you about the big topics of, you know, love, money. Sure. How can you help me with these things? I think that's always been the case and it always will be a standby. But I think that there's a lot more acceptance these days and people wanting to have an everyday conversation with their loved ones who have passed. And so I think I get a lot more kind of practical, down-to-earth, everyday questions as well as time moves on. What about crystal balls uh, and, and other tools that are used for divination? Yeah, crystal balls are fascinating. My first published book, actually, Crystal Ball Reading for Beginners, I chose the topic because not very many people do crystal ball gazing, but everybody loves shiny crystals. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, more people should do this because it's actually quite simple. Um, when we were talking earlier about symbols, and we know that you can have a list of symbols in a book that gives you meaning to everyday things. If you look into a regular quartz crystal ball, uh, hopefully you'll find one that isn't too cloudy and isn't too clear. You'll see little shapes in the crystal, and those are called inclusions or occlusions. And they um, can form shapes, much like the clouds in the sky. So if you, see, if you can see shapes in the clouds in the sky, then you can read the crystal ball. I think because of TV and movies, everybody's expecting to see a TV screen image projected on a crystal ball. <laughs> so they're not going to run out and buy an expensive crystal just for that kind of uh, bogus information. But if you read the crystal ball for its symbols, like right. the clouds in the sky, it can be an incredibly useful and fun tool. In the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a lot of talk about Fairies, the wee folk, leprechauns, uh, the, the, the little people of the forest and nature. How come we don't hear about that anymore? You know, I think we do, at least locally here okay. in Port Moody. There's a big, a big interest in fairy folk. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, almost every little garden center has making a fairy garden as a craft. You sure. know? And of course, fairy doodads in one's garden and home are really popular but you're right there's not really the serious take these days that there mm -hmm. was in the 1800s you know there's not so many people actually leaving out milk and cookies by their hearth for the fae these days but um i think that there's you know a little bit again i think that some of the sharing of information makes people um, makes people reach too high for what they're expecting, right? So if they don't literally see fairies dancing on their hands in the garden, they say, well, there's, it's not worth investigating this phenomenon, right? And so I think um, earlier, before the internet, for example, there was a lot more credibility uh, just because there were more subtle things expected from the experience. The Irish are very very deep in the the folklore and many believe in the leprechauns here in Canada do we have any such we folk that we kind of are, are that are indigenous to Canada you know I can't speak exactly to that I did write a book about fairies um, mm -hmm. all over the world but I feel like I'm not the expert as since I don't have First Nations heritage. So I wouldn't want to step on the First Nations toes there yeah. with that. But I do know that there's certainly a whole lot of spirit beings, um, some of which we might categorize as fairies. But I don't think that the First Nations necessarily would. Um, so I think that's a deep well to explore, though, for those who are interested. When communicating with those on the other side, uh, just going back to the 1800s, early 1900s, there was a lot of attention paid to seances. Uh, a great number of the seances were exposed uh, as, as frauds and hoaxes. What is your take on the legitimacy of a seance? And if they are legitimate, how do they differ from the bogus ones that we've all been subject to? on television yeah. or in the media. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think seances can absolutely be very legitimate. 
And um, it's just that I think that the the difference between now and the spiritism kind of renaissance Mm -hmm. of the 1800s is that there were certain um, charlatans who would travel from town to town and be famous for holding seances. And of course, the wealthy people of the time would gladly hire these people to come to their homes and perform a seance. I think the difference between now and then is that now we don't really have traveling seance professionals, <laughs> although, you know, there are certainly psychics and psychic mediums mm-hmm. that would be happy to do so. It's not really a part of our culture the way it was at that time. At, nowadays, we have more do-it-yourselfer folks who will put together a seance for Halloween, perhaps, for their um, interested paranormal friends and stuff like that. So I think that that's a great way to get some real experiences is by researching what you want to have done for your seance. You can even put together a seance that is very similar to the ones that they had back in that time, you know, with a bowl with water and oil or, and things like that and, and have fun with it. We have to take our final break uh, in about uh, 30 seconds, but where can our listeners buy the books that you've written? Well, my books are available in basically any of the major bookstores, you know, Indigo Chapters, mm-hmm. things like that, and also on Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. All right, please stand by, Doctor. You and I have to take our final break. When we come back, let's talk about Wicca, and um, because I'm sure a lot of people are saying, well, what is Wicca, and is it witchcraft, or is it Wicca? What's the difference? Well, we're going to tell you when we come back on the other side of this break with our very special guest, Dr. Alexandra Sharon, and she is in Port Moody, B.C. Her website is www.seepsychic.com. And uh, we'll both be back as we wrap up this hour from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can find out all about the programming we have available 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network by going to www.xzbn.net. And you can read the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. 
If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back, everyone. All right, you've got your TV sets. You're probably figuring, how can I get some real great programming and still have change in my pocket at the end of the day or at the end of the month? You know, the uh, cable bills and the satellite provider bills are really getting hefty these days, and you really don't get the programming that you like. So here's a solution. Our good friends at SimulTV, www.simultv.com. And what they have is a, t a box set that goes on your TV. Not only can you get over 80 uh, specialty channels, not only can you get movies on demand, but you also get 500 video games in your t in your set that you get from Simul TV. For more information, go to www.simultv.com. And while there, you'll probably notice something called the X Zone channel. Yep, that's us. 724-365 on TV with many great shows in our lineup. Exonation Dr. Alexandra Shuron is our guest. And let's talk about Wicca. What is the difference between Wicca and witchcraft? Well, all Wiccans practice witchcraft, but not all people who practice witchcraft are Wiccans. <laughs> That's the major difference. Uh, witchcraft is an umbrella term which mm -hmm. covers practices um, from all over the planet, you know, the voodoo practices and, um, you know, oriental mysticism, things like that. Whereas Wicca is a uh, Western religion that came out of the British Isles, and it definitely involves the practice of witchcraft, but that's not all it involves. What does, what does Wicca mean to you? Well, to me, uh, Wicca, Wicca comes from a Pictish or Scottish word uh, meaning to bend. Mm -hmm. And um, Wicca definitely means witchcraft to me, but it also means a religion uh, of the wise uh, where we worship specific deity pair from the British Isles and uh, work to celebrate the seasonal cycles of the earth. Why do witches and Wiccans get a bum rap from society? Why the negative connotation? I've, I've interviewed, I don't know how many Wiccans and witches over the years doing this show. They're the nicest people I've ever run into. And yet, society and Hollywood always put them in a negative connotation, except for uh, Samantha on Bewitched. Uh, how come? Well, I think that um, it's it's funny. Uh, Wiccans are stuck between a rock and a hard place. You know, on the one side, uh, it's not uh, light and bright enough to mm -hmm. be Christianity, you know, because we celebrate both the dark and destructive aspects of nature as well as the beautiful and creative aspects. On the other hand, we're not so evil and dark and wicked as to fall into the Satanism bucket, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I had uh, somebody once tried to insult me by saying, oh, you're just Wiccan because you're not, uh, you're too scared to be Satanist, oh, right? Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> which, which is funny, right? Uh, but it's funny because it sticks us in this interesting bracket between um, the... Christianity with uh, its focus on um, following the will of God and um, looking towards the light and heaven, and of course Satanism, which uh, is the opposite of that. It's almost like they're at war and we are staying out of it. <laughs> 
Yeah, the, the part I can't understand is you have so many Christians that are against uh, witchcraft and Wicca, and yet many of the rituals that are used to celebrate the birth of Christ are pagan. Oh, yes. And, yeah. and you know, even in Catholicism, for example, there's a lot of smells and bells going on in their um, <laughs> masses that are very reminiscent of uh, Wiccan rituals. <laughs> How many different deities are there in Wicca and witchcraft? Oh, gosh. Well, countless, if you count all of the different forms of witchcraft all over the world. Uh, in uh, British traditional Wicca, we worship a particular pair of deities, a goddess and a god. But what we are, we say we are a orthopraxic religion rather than orthodoxic religion. That means it is what we do that makes us Wiccan, not what we believe. So um, we don't necessarily tell people to give up worship of other gods when they join our religion and start to serve our deities. And in fact, there are some people whose theology um, is such that they believe that all gods and goddesses are one. And so, you know, our, our practice allows for that belief. How did you become the queen of a coven? Uh, well, through lots of hard work and maybe a little good luck. <laughs> I, uh, I started practicing as a witch. I was initiated, uh, I think, in 2005. And um, I began working with a coven and training with them. And there's different sort of degrees, we call them, within Wicca. They don't really say whether one person is better or smarter than another, but they just kind of denote how much study that person has undertaken and what kind of role they play within the coven. And eventually, when I got to third degree, which means I was allowed to teach or lead a coven of my own, one of my coven mates said that he had been diagnosed with cancer. Uh -huh. And uh, he was very sick, and he wanted to be able to continue practicing and even to help lead a coven as kind of his bucket list, but he was unable to do so in our current coven situation. So I said, well, why don't we start a coven and get that knocked off your bucket list? You know, people come with us from the old covens, and, and we formed a new one, and that's, that's how I ended up with that coven, and then he recovered from cancer. And so um, here we are to this day. What, in your opinion, is the most significant part about being a, being a Wiccan or a witch? Hmm. I think the most significant part is probably learning to love and trust other people within the coven enough to share the, the experiences in life that make us grow as people and understand our religion and spirituality just a little bit deeper. One of the many things I love about Wiccans and witches is the love that you have for nature. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, for example, I know that a number of the founders of the of the uh, different societies and uh, organizations to protect nature, protect uh, different species, are Wiccans. And to see the, negative, the negativity that society puts on you, it just blows my mind. Like, you know, here you've got so many people talking about the good that they should do, and then you've got the Wiccans who are actually doing it. Yeah, I think I, I was speaking with my stepfather, who actually used to be a Christian minister. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of having a talk about um, helping people in society, right? And right. We, he talked a lot about what his church did to help the homeless in his city, you know, and help the greater world at large, you know. He talked about maybe donating to a larger head organization that could help people overseas, and I said, well, you know, in Wicca, we only work in covens that are 13 people or less, but we help those people in our covens. If there's somebody who loses their job, we take them into our home, we get their groceries, you wow. know, it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one help, helpful thing. And, you know, it's just a different way of interacting with the world and helping others. How many people are there typically in a coven? So a coven in British traditional Wicca is always more than three people, but less than 13. Why is that? 
Uh, it's uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one is just the numerology, it's mm-hmm. luck, it's tradition. But I think that the more practical reason is that there is no Pope of Wicca, right? We don't want to have one person who's got control over this large assembly of people. Is that why Instead, we never? Is that why we never see a Vatican of Wicca? Exactly. You never gotcha. see the Wiccan Vatican. And so we we create these small communities, mm-hmm. and when they become too large, they divide, and they make more small communities, and that's how it's practiced. Are more people turning to Wicca now uh, that the, the old religions, the old ph- religious philosophies just aren't fulfilling the need of people now? And I, over the years, I understand that Wicca has kept up with society where the old religions haven't. Yeah, I think that there's definitely the spread of information, the mm-hmm. acceptance of things um, that were once not accepted is allowing people freedom from religions that maybe just weren't the right path for them. And at the same time, I believe that um, Wicca is growing because the gods are calling people home to their chosen family in covens all over the world. Dr. Uh, Alexander, we have about a minute left. Uh, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? Well, I just wanted to thank you for having me on. This show is really great, and I love how you explore so many wonderful topics. And I hope to see some of your listeners over on my website and my Facebook page. And uh, if you let me know that you've been listening, I might be able to give you a download code for an audiobook. Wow, that is great. Um, one more time, could you please give our listeners your website so they can sure. contact you for a one-on-one consultation, or if they have questions, they can pop them off to you. Absolutely. My website is cpsychic.com. That's S-E-E psychic.com. And if you go to cpsychic.com slash books, you'll see some of my books there. And you can also find them in any bookstore and on Amazon. Dr. Alexandra, I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the X Zone. Until next time, keep up the great work, doctor. Thank you. All right, X Zone Nation. Once again, if you'd like to get more information about Dr. Alexandra Sharon, Her website is www.cpsychic.com. That's www.cpsychic.com. We'll be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and of course on iHeartRadio. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. 
For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.